Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the fifth day of September, 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You, and we are on page 153. And we will be beginning with the second paragraph, Our Hope is That. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Miriam, 12 Traditions, Danae, and then Janice M., Sharon R.S., and Sue G., And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the fourth day of September, is 6814. 6814. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover, from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Miriam G. to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Monica. This is Miriam calling from Israel, a compulsive overeater. Uh, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood it. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thoughts of prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of this step, we try to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice this principle in all our steps. Thanks and I pass. Thank you, Miriam. And I will now ask Danae to please read the 12 traditions. Hello, good morning. Um, this is an A, Compulsive Overeater in Recovery in, uh, from Michigan, the 12 Traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
to, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are not trustees and are but trustee servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Let's problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to play principles before personalities. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Danae. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone in order to have a quiet meeting. Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You. We are on page 153, and we will be starting with the second paragraph, Our Hope is That. And I will ask Janice M. to begin reading, please. Well, thank you, Monica and everyone. Uh, My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Our hope is that when this chip of a book is launched on the world tide of alcoholism, defeated drinkers will seize upon it to follow its suggestions. Many, we are sure, will rise to their feet and march on. They will approach still other sick ones, and and fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet, havens for those who must find a way out. What a beautiful, beautiful paragraph. 
our hope. Now, these are the people, the men and the women, that have recovered. Thank God that they had, uh, they made a decision to launch this book, to to write this book for you and I. Um, so their hope was that you know those of us that were defeated from this this disease will, will follow its suggestions. What are the suggestions in this book? The suggestions of the twelve steps of recovery, and then. When we reach step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of of these steps, we will try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in our affairs. That's the whole aim and goal of this book, is to to return to a, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to health. This is what it says in the forward to the first edition on XIII. We of Alcoholics Anonymous who are recovered, the, um, and we're more than 100 men and women who have recovered, again, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. The purpose to show other alcoholics, other compulsive overeaters, precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. So this is God's vision for us. This is God's vision for us. How miraculous this is to, that, that we have a book that's going to show us, you and I, who have this problem, a way out. That is the Tradition 5. The, our group, which is the vision for you, that's our main purpose, is to get us to follow these steps to have a spiritual awakening so that we can carry this message as a sponsor to other um, um, defeated compulsive overeaters. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Well, this is Monica, and I will uh, step in here for a moment, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I just wanted to give a little tidbit of information that in 2012, the Library of Congress um, said that this book was one of 88 that most shaped America. Isn't that amazing? That our little book here, and thank God for this book, and for... Um, what it has done to the world tide of alcoholism. You know, how many defeated drinkers have seized upon this book, you know, and that it's helpful to us too. And I'll pass. And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Mary? Mary, go ahead. Mary and then Rabia. Thank you, Monica. This is Mary T. in Vermont. Um, I want to share briefly that I was, yesterday I was out in my garden and I was thinking about this program and people who have called me recently and kind of joking to myself really about it, saying to somebody, what if I told you I had a solution for all your problems? <laughs> and my sponsor had you know, said that as we were reading part of the book. And I just think about how, um, how important that first step was for me and how uh, I wasn't willing to do everything that the book su- suggested and directed until I was uh, defeated, like this says, and until I was ready to seize upon this book and to to take the suggestions in my life and realize that um, I must work these unless, uh, or, I, or I am defeated, you know, I am defeated from the, the food and that um, I'm just uh, grateful that 
I might be able to share that with anybody I come into contact with today or who might call me. So thank you very much. Bye. Thank you, Mary. Rabia, you're next. Good morning, everyone. This is Rabia from New York. I am a, um, what am I? Uh, I forget the word, Uh, recovered. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I would, this paragraph exactly describes my life today. I love reading it. And such a very short time ago, um, in April, thank you, God, for a vision for you. I was led to this meeting, and I was defeated. I, I was once again in my life defeated by this disease of compulsive overeating and willing to go to any length. And I seized... And I seized upon this book, and I got a big book guide to follow with directions. And seven very short weeks later, I was recovered, and um, I was able to start approaching still other sick ones and guiding them through this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, and in our area, a, a new Vision for You meeting has sprung up, just like this says, and um, and we have a lot of growing pains, you know, like with every face, face-to-face meetings are where my character defects, uh, I have to do 10-step inventories every single day I leave a face-to-face meeting. And, you know, I have to pray to God to bring me into it. There's, you know, I'm, I'm learning so much and, and so much. Anyway, I usually have to make an amends every single um, face-to-face meeting I go to because of my behavior. And and I'm learning and I'm growing. And like we've been saying on this line, I, I am, for the first time in my life, learning how to be in relationship with others in a, in a healthy way, in a, in, a, in a loving service way. And I don't know how to do this. Um, and, and I have all of you to teach me each day to do it and the precise directions of this big book. And I'm so grateful for my life today. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Rabia. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Kim, this is Paula. May I share? Okay, I heard for Kim and then Paula. Go ahead, um, Kim. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. There's so much in this paragraph. It says, they will approach still other sick ones, and the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet. You know, approach the other still sick ones. I mean, one of the things I pray about is, is how am I doing that? You know, am I approaching people with the message that's in this book or am I approaching people with Kim's ego? You know, that Tradition 5, which Janice mentioned, is so important. What is our primary purpose? You know, what are we carrying? How am I carrying that? And I have to look at that. I, I think sometimes we get caught up in that word sponsor and think that's the only way we carry the message. You know, if, if I'm out in the world and, I'm, and I am being an angry, mean, vindictive person, how is anyone going to be attracted to Overeaters Anonymous? I have to practice these principles in all my affairs. I mean, when AA was growing by leaps and bounds and says it was accepted by, by the outside people, it was because people were recovering and having reunited families. It was having to do with them living this big book, not just, not just doing these principles when they're in meetings. You know, and what about our meetings? Are our meetings carrying this message or are the meetings carrying the mess? You know, we need to look at our formats. Are our formats 
um, based on teaching the principles in the 12 steps? Or are our, our meetings becoming diet programs where people, all we do is talk about food and all we talk about is the misery of, of um, being a compulsive overeater? I know one of the things I did, you know, I, I remember a saying when I first came in is you got to share it or wear it. So I thought the purpose of a meeting was to come in and dump, to be miserable. But I think of those people we're approaching. What do people think when they're, when they're new or returning and they come in and all they hear is how everybody is in the food? All they hear is that somebody's been in the program for 20 years and they are finally getting two weeks abstinence, but they've never had more than two weeks abstinence in 20 years. You know, I think it's important that we understand that first things first, we've got to get recovered. We've got to recover, recover, recover. And then we bring that back to our meetings and we carry hope in the meeting. We carry the idea that these 12 steps can transform our lives, not just our bodies, but transform our lives. You know, we seize upon it and follow its suggestions. We follow the directions of the 12 steps. We are not a dieting calorie club. We say that so often in a meeting. But how many of our meetings, if you did not, if you came in 10 minutes late, which a lot of people do, come in 10 minutes late and you don't hear the 12 steps read, would you even know it was a 12-step meeting? I mean, I have, these are questions I have to ask myself as a member of Overeaters Anonymous, as a member of a specific meeting, as a member of an intergroup, as a member of a region, and as a member of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. We need to ask ourselves, how are we carrying this message? Are we fulfilling the primary purpose as a fellowship and as an individual? Because it's so important. We that one once again, we will approach the still sick ones and fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Paula, you're up. And thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Reader. You know, it begins with hope. Isn't that the truth, though? Our hope. But just for one moment, I'm going to go to the top of the title, A Vision for You. That's the title of this. What is a vision? The power. The power of sight. The ability to see an image created in the imagination a supernatural appearance. You don't see the same way. You know, it's so true here as we read it. The line before says, our own recovery proves that the age of miracles is still with us. And I do take a step back, and there we come to. Our hope is that when this chip, oh, my goodness, the chip is very small. Very small. But can I tell you how deep this book is, deeper than I could have ever imagined, is launched. Now, there it is. It's launched on the world tide of alcoholism, and it's a big tide. It's a tide that takes away lives. But this book brings in, it brings in the hope and the relief. And you mean there is something? Oh, yes, that there is. And I love this part. Many, we are sure, will rise to their feet and march on. That's it, a program of action. But first, the rising to the feet. And true enough, when we go into these meetings and you see the steps, the steps do not go up. They go down to humility. So you understand where you came from. You were one of the sick ones. Now the miracle of health has been returned to you, and you are recovered. And now the opportunity to just sit back, oh, no. 
Oh, no, more is given on your part. And I want to just go just for one moment, just for the way Bill W.'s chapter ended on the Alcoholics Anonymous book that we are now reading and studying and living and learning and giving. Oh, yes. It says here, each day, my friend, simple talk. That's it. Do you hear anything but humility there? Not I know more than you. No, I will be with you. Friends, simple talk in our kitchen. This is it. Multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And is that not what the way this ends? They will still approach, still other sick ones and the the fellowship of alcoholics may spring up in each city and hamlet, havens. Look at that word for those who must find a way out. Can we be a small part? Perhaps just a chip, but with depth. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Diane. Diane. I um. Okay. <laughs> Diane, Sally, Larry, Haya. Okay. Diane, Sally, Larry, Haya. Diane, you're up. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Diane B., recovered compulsive eater in New York, and very grateful today. Thank you so much for your service, everyone. And um, I just wanted to say that, <clears throat> excuse me, where it talks about how all these meetings cropped up in different um hamlets and towns, that it was really word of mouth that got this program going. And um, I know that, you know, I live in a city, an area where we have a lot of meetings, and I feel very grateful for that, but I also know that there are people who have to travel miles and an hour even to get to an OA meeting. And now that we have the use of the telephone more freely than we had in the 30s, and now that we have internet Meetings have become so much uh, more available to so many more people, and for that I feel really grateful that even you know, as technology has increased, so has our use of it in terms of spreading the word of recovery, and that makes me feel very grateful, and I feel very blessed to be part of this meeting. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Sally, you're up. Thank you, Monica, for your service to all of us. Uh, this is Sally, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Jersey. I, too, would like to just chime in here about this chip of a book um, because it's such so much more than just a chip of a book. Um, to begin with, I just am reminded at the bottom of XDII in the, uh, in the forwards, the second forward, or the forwards, the second edition, at the very bottom of the page it says, the flying blind period ended and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time. They're speaking about when that book, when this ship of a book was first published in 1939. And it goes on to say, with the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. Because you see, there were just a few people walking around who had, who had the solution because they had in their heads, they had the solution. They understood. They had gotten this peace from uh, Dr. Silkworth. They had the peace about understanding the allergy of our body and the obsession of our mind. And they had the Oxford Group peace, which explained the spiritual remedy of this book. And so 
when we look at that, the flying blind period ended and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time with the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. You know, I am reminded of the many, 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 many years that I wandered in the desert of Overeaters Anonymous because I just, um, I, 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 even though I had many years of abstinence in those, in those periods, and I'm grateful that I um, probably would have been more like 450 pounds instead of 250 pounds had it not been for sticking around the rooms of OA. And I certainly would never have found a vision for you, which really um, was what taught me that the solution, the problem, the solution, all of it was going to be found in this chip of a book that I carried so neatly in my little pouch of books that I carry to each meeting. But really what I want to say is that for so many years I went to meetings thinking that something miracle, miraculous, special would happen, that I would get those, you know, that the promises that we were reading at the end of every meeting, page 84's promises, those 10-step promises, would somehow miraculously just twinkle into an appearance. I didn't understand why, but they said that meeting makers made it. So I made meetings. And I remember thinking at the end of every week, did you make three meetings? Check. Did you call in your food? Check. I was literally checking off the tools. And never did I get for 29 years of walking in OA that the solution was in this chip of a book. Now, that's not OA's fault. I know that because I was really rubbing shoulders with some really mighty people who are speakers on a special editions. I was literally at the same meetings for years as some of the people that are special edition meetings on a vision for you. So I have to say to myself, Sally, they got it. They've been asking it for three years. They understood that the, that the solution, that the problem could be seen clearly, that the solution could be seen clearly. Why didn't you get it? You were right there. But I had this mindset. I was fixated on this gold coin of abstinence. I wanted that one-year coin. I was so fixated on get abstinent and lose your weight, and therein is your success. So I didn't hear anything else. I can't blame anybody. I cannot blame OA for sure. I can't blame God. I've tried that for a lot of years. You just can't do that. I can't do that anymore. And so I know who I am. I just want to end by saying we just finished reading page 144. <clears throat> which has three times it tells us on page 144 in the book. It says in the middle of the book, uh, that, that first paragraph, if the book is read, the moment the patient is able, while, uh, while acutely depressed, where I lived there, I really did live there, realization of his condition may come to him, may or may not come to him. So if the book is read, I had the book, I had been reading the book, I just didn't get it. Then it goes on to say, a few lines down, you are betting, of course, that you your changed attitude plus the contents of this book will turn the trick. So, yeah, we still need to be out there. We, they need us. They need me. They need you because our experience is a huge portion of bringing about the healing. But this book is the other part. Plus, it's a mathematical equation in my mind, your changed attitude plus the contents of this book will turn the trick. And then a few lines down, it says, meanwhile, we are sure a great deal can be accomplished by the use 
of the book alone. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Larry, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Larry, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, gosh, so many great things I said. I, I feel such love in my heart um, this morning. The, the um, you know, it talks about uh, the fact that that many, we are sure, will rise to their feet and march on, and um, and and many will. You know, most won't. Um, that that was my experience. Um, you know, the the ego is is such a powerful, powerful force. You know, and um, self will is such a powerful force. And you know, I had an opportunity um, to speak at a um, um, to qualify at a meeting that I hadn't been to um, last night. There's such beautiful people, and you know, there's there's so many people that are suffering in this disease. So many want to find a way out. They were going to call this book the way out. Um, this is, this was the way out for me and, and it, you know, and, and, and someone had asked me last night about what I eat, you know, you, <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and you want with integrity and you want to, you want to answer questions and so forth. But I also, you know, feel it's, it's really important that, you know, what got me well was these steps and, and someone had the decency to crack open this book for me. Um, I didn't want to read this book. I, I really just wanted to lose some weight. I wanted to be done with this obsession, this, these cravings. If I could have taken a pill that would have just eliminated the cravings, I would have never been here. I wouldn't be on the line today. It just, nothing else worked. And I'm so grateful that this book and these steps, the answers were in the steps. And I thought it would come with great complexity, but it was very simple. It was very simple. It was so simple that when, when I had a spiritual awakening, um, I thought, really? Are you kidding me? You know, I don't know who I was talking to, <laughs> perhaps the God of my understanding, that it was that simple that I spent, you know, several years um, struggling. And uh, today... Uh, I'm a different, different person, a different man, and I, I mean, for for me to say, you, you know, that I have love in my heart, that that's what exists in my heart today. That I, I, my heart was hardened before. So, anyways, so grateful. Uh, thank, thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. It saved my life, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Haya, you're up. Thanks, Monica. Hi, everybody. This is Haya. Very grateful, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Denver, Colorado. So nice to be up and early and be able to be on the meeting and share. Oh, what a chapter and what a paragraph. My gosh, you know, when they, when they, the first hundred recovered and they wrote this book so that they could disseminate this information all around the country and, and now the world, every corner of the world, right? And, you know, they had this vision. What was the vision? The vision was that the book would get written and people that were defeated, it says those that were defeated would pick up the book and follow the suggestions. I'm totally paraphrasing. And because uh, the book is on my phone and I'm on my phone, so I can't look at the, the, the language exactly. Um, but they would, that the defeated ones, right? Because we have to admit complete defeat. I can't do this anymore. I can't fight the food anymore. And I have to have a new way of living. 
And that's really what this program is. This program of action taught me how to live. And I have a way of living today. And that's what they are saying in this paragraph that we hope. What's the way of living? The way of living is taking these suggestions, which really, really we know are like suggestions like as if you're in an airplane <laughs> with a, you know, and you're about to jump out of it, they would suggest you have a parachute. You know what I mean? Like it's a very strong suggestion if I want to survive and thrive. Take these steps. And then what's the product of that? Then passing it on to others. You know, I used to, I'm also one of those who had been in OA for many, many years and in a thin body and, but I didn't have, I didn't grasp this way of living really the way it is written and it's such a way of living today. And it says that it works in rough going, you know, and it certainly does. Um, but I used to sponsor people for years, the same people for years. And so then when someone would say, can you sponsor me? I'd say, oh, I'm all full. That's not today. Today, it's like taking someone like a little, in fact, in AA back in the United, you know, in the East Coast, they would call them pigeons, right? Like take a little pigeon, you're teaching it how to fly. Steps four through nine, teach us how to fly. And then they're able to fly and they become just like me. And we use each other as a network as a support system, and go and help the next person. And that is the joy of this, of this program, is being able to help others, watch them march, watch them get off their feet and march about, and then help still others. It's just, it's just something you don't want to miss. And I'm so grateful that I'm privileged to, uh, to be recovered today, to be living this kind of life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Haya. And let's move on. on. Sharon R.S., would you please read the next three paragraphs? Yes. And, Monica, would you like me to end at but whom? Is that what you said? Um, Or at Lonely Weekend? Yeah, but but whom, yes. But whom, but whom. Yeah. All right. Well, good morning, Monica, and uh, thank you for your service, and thank you to all who are on the line. This is Sharon, and I am uh, a recovered compulsive overeater. In the chapter, Working with Others, you gathered an idea of how we approach and aid others to help. Suppose now that through you, several families have adopted this way of life. You will want to know more of how to proceed from that point. Perhaps the best way of treating you to a glimpse of your future will be to describe the growth of the fellowship among us. Here is a brief account. Years ago, in 1935, one of our our number made a journey to a certain western city. From a business standpoint, his trip came off badly. Had he been successful in his enterprise, he would have set, been set on his feet financially, which at the time seemed vitally important. But his venture wound up in a lawsuit and bogged down completely. The proceeding was shot through with much hard feeling and controversy. Bitterly discouraged, he found himself in a strange place, discredited, and almost broke. Still physically weak and sober but a few months, he saw that his predicament was dangerous. 
He wanted so much to talk to someone, but whom? Okay, this is an awesome reading. But whom? Here, Bill, this is the Bill that they're referring to. He's at his darkest, one of his darkest points. And and arguably, uh, I would say it was his darkest point because once you get recovery and then you're tempted to go back, there's a certain hopelessness because the the attempt that you've made, the solution that you thought you found wasn't what it was cut out to be. And then you have to go back into that journey of finding your your way back and finding your recovery once again. So this was a critical point, a very critical point. And I, I want, we we know, you and I, we know how the story ends because we're part of that story. We're part of Bill's story. But we all come to that place. We get this recovery. We get this recovery. And then life happens. When we first get started, it's it's la 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 la, you know, pink cloud, everything's wonderful, we have all the solutions, we can go and tell everyone what how wonderful this recovery is, how this twelve step program works and how it will save your life and the lives of your family. We know it all. But then life happens, as it did with Bill. I mean, this is just a horrible situation. And so the temptation to pick up our old friend again, to go back to what comforted us and soothed us in the past, we get, we come to that point. We come to that point. But this, pair, this reading begins with giving us a glimpse of our future. And that's going to be talked about in the, in the following uh, uh, paragraphs. But the glimpse of our future is we're going to get recovery. We're going to hit hard times. We're going to have once again to make a decision. Are we going to accept recovery or are we going to go forward? And I want you to know that, that there is is a better life ahead. I want to just uh, take us real briefly to page 68. And it says on this page, it tells us what what we are uh, to do in our lives it, uh, as in recovery. We are, uh, it says perhaps there's a better way. We think so. So we have found in this recovery a better way. For we are now on a different basis. So going back to the old way is not an option. I mean, you can slip into that. That's called uh, relapse or slipping. But I want to encourage everyone. We all come to this point. But we are on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. In your darkest moment, there is a God that will help you get through. We trust infinite God rather than finite self. Self says, give me a bite. It's going to make me feel better. It's going to solve my problems. That's self. Know that that is not God. That is not the new path of recovery. 
we uh, need to recognize in recovery that we are on this different basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than finite self. We are in the world to play the role he assigns just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him. Does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? The false hope or the real hope? And that's the place that Bill came to and that you and I are testimony of his decision. The decision that he made impacted many lives. And the decision that you make and that I make will impact many lives. And that's what Bill is trying to, is telling us this morning uh, that he's relating to us. We will have that, we will come to that. That's a glimpse of our future. But then there is a point beyond that moment of temptation. There is a hope, there is beauty, there is joy, there is great benefit ahead. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone like to comment on what was read? Sylvia? Sylvia, go ahead. Hi, this is Sylvia, recovered compulsive overeater. And um so glad to be on the line and to hear everybody and to hear this passage. And what I'm reminded of when I hear this uh, right now is, you know, first of all, thank God for the desperation that Bill had and others had before us. And when it says that we're going to look into our future, the thing is, is that, you know, we often hear that we wish, um, we wish desperation on those so that they could find this path that we've found, um, which is what we now call recovered. And the one thing I wanted to share on is that, you know, we, we, we're often talking about, you know, that it, it seems so black and white, it, we're recovered or, um, and, or not in the food or we're in the food. And, you know, as, as my recovery has progressed and life happens, which is what, uh, what we're talking about here, life happens and, whether we're going to turn around and go right back into the food. You know, my experience is is that um, when life happens and I'm following the principles of the program, I'm really working the steps, it changes what my my goals are and how I want to deal with it. And so I'm in in a very stressful time right now. Um, And so... You know, it's not, I don't feel like I'm going to go back into the food, but how am I going to live? How am I going to live well? And so, you know, that's that's the chapters that we just got out of living in 10, 11, and 12. So what what I have to do now is to live in with kindness and tolerance and patience with others, even stressful situations, patience with myself. And I absolutely go to God in the morning and say, you know, God, who would you have me be and what would you have me do today in this stressful situation? Because that is what now recovery feels like to me, that, I, that it's, it's no longer that I'm going to turn around and get back into the food. It could happen if I didn't do this every day. Absolutely, it could happen. But it's much more that I won't get this recovered state of mind 
that they've been addressing of, you know, to be happy, joyous, and free, to be serene, to be present for others. And that's where, you know, once I got a taste of that, that's where I wanted to stay. And it's not easy because as this, this, these paragraphs says, life still happens. It's not that I get my way. It's not that, you know, I don't get adversity. But how do I live through it, the adversity? And I am so grateful that the, that the steps are what help me and show me how to do this in a recovered state of mind. And that is the difference. And that is what I am so grateful for today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Star one to mute. It's Leah. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you so much, Monica, for your service. Bitterly discouraged, he found himself in a strange place, discredited and almost broke. I mean, Bill is having a bad day. You know, obviously this business deal uh, went sour, and um, he is bitterly discouraged. You know, essentially he's feeling a little bit restless, irritable, and discontent. Um, You know, Bill is recovered at this point. Um, He is recovered, but, uh, you know, a spiritual awakening does not make him superhuman, uh, he's still human. He's still subject to and subject of life. He's not cured of uh, human emotion. Um, you know, and just because we get, you know, abstinent or just because Bill is sober and recovered, just because we get abstinent and recovered in Overeaters Anonymous, uh, life doesn't stop happening. <laughs> life still goes on as it is for Bill here uh, with his uh, this this business deal gone bad. Uh, you know, people die, relationships end, businesses fail, people get sick. Life still goes on. Um, but the difference here is that he is going to have a way to uh, stabilize himself, and he knows that way because at the end here he realizes he needs to go see somebody. He wanted so much to talk to someone but whom? Uh, you know, at this point, he needs to tell his story, and he knows that. He needs someone, uh, you know, he needs to tell his story, not just any story, uh, the story of his alcoholism and his recovery from alcoholism. And that's essentially what AA is all about. The 12 steps allow us to stay sober and happy both those truths in our lives. The program is designed to give us freedom from alcohol, freedom from compulsive overeating, freedom from the of taking a drink or taking that first bite. And that is exactly what is dominating Bill's mind. Is there temptation? Indeed, there's temptation. But Bill has had a spiritual awakening. And, of course, as we're going to read on in paragraphs, in the, you know, beginning on Monday, uh, you'll see that uh, the program of recovery allows him to stabilize. And, of course, we all know, because we're all sitting here this morning, that Bill spent the rest of his life trying to help 
other alcoholics trying to help the fellowship, trying to put this thing together so that we could have it today. And during all that period of time, he was recovered. Did life happen? Absolutely. But we know that Bill did not die until January of 71, and we know that Bill didn't find it necessary to take another drink for the rest of his life. Something profound took place in his life that day in Towns Hospital as a result of these steps that allowed Bill to grasp a new way of life, a new way of living. So even though life has hit him hard in this moment, as it does for all of us at times, he is able to stabilize. Uh, he realizes this situation is dangerous, but he has the power of choice. He has the power of choice. It's going to happen in a few paragraphs, obviously. And that power, where is that coming from? That's coming from his relationship with God. He has access to a power greater than himself that restores him to sanity. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Hi, this is Linda. Go ahead. Linda? Go ahead, Hi, Linda. Go ahead. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, good morning, everyone. Linda in North Carolina recovered. I'm so grateful to the program, and thank you so much for your service and everyone who's sharing on the line today. You know, life is life. You know, I really like listening to this, and it's making me, you know, so grateful. That's what the program has really helped me with, by working the steps and, you know, being recovered now one day at a time. You know, I'm living in a community where there's so much going on, you know, a lot of older, retired people, lots of crisis. And because of the program, I'm able to not be so reactive, you know, and wear it on my own, you know, in my own body and my own soul. Before I used to, you know, look at life and say in an extreme manner before I came into program. And now I just really get more into the gratitude of the life and the other thing I want to share as I'm listening today is, for me, you know, I've been in program a long time, and recently I really have, you know, gotten so much closer to my higher power and developed my own personal relationship with my higher power, who I really can trust. You know, I heard something the other day that I I believed, but I didn't have faith, and that was really where I was. I believed. In, the, in a higher power, but I didn't really have the faith that the higher power would restore me. Now, because I have this personal, wonderful, cultivated relationship with my higher power, who I choose to call God, my life, you know, life on life's terms, on a daily basis, things might not be so wonderful, but yet I can turn to my higher power and just accept that this is the way my life is supposed to be and the way my life is supposed to be around me with my friends and the things that are going on here. So I just wanted to share that life is is not easy. You know, there will be many challenges, but because of my my faith and trust in God, I just am able to get through it on a daily basis. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Would anyone else like to comment? Rochelle. Rochelle. Go ahead, Rochelle. Good morning, everybody. I am so happy I got up this morning to be on this line. My goodness, I thought today was going to be my day to sleep late, but I did not, so here I am. This is Rochelle Recovered in Baltimore, Maryland, and this paragraph is just what I needed to hear because I've been working with sponsees recently who have been talking to me about having relapses and what are they supposed to do. 
And this is so, so good because it reminds them that even though they've been in relapse, there here's another example of somebody who had the strength of character and what did he do when he was in that same situation. So I can't wait to speak to them today because I'm, I'm hoping to point this out to them and let them read this and let it sink into their intestines and, and hopefully it'll help them so that the next time in their, they're in the kitchen they had something that was bothering them and they find how does it happen that their hand came out and they took something and they were about to put it in their mouth or they did put it in their mouth and what do they do next? Well, here's a solution. So... Uh, that's Rochelle from Baltimore. Thanks again. I pass. Thank you, Rochelle. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Hi, this is Elsie. May I share? Hi, Elsie. Of course. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is really powerful for me because it's right where I am in my uh, program of, you know, the, using the 10th step to stabilize me. Um, <clears throat> I... Um, have been recovered for a couple months, and I have um, a child who is just really a challenge for me. He's my greatest teacher, and um, I find that, you know, right now I am supposed to be doing these 10 steps um, as often as I need to, and uh, I think when subconsciously I thought that when I got recovered, <laughs> I would just breeze through these problems without any issue, and um you know, humbly I've learned that that's not the case. But I have learned that the using this 10-step approach and also um, talking this out with someone allows me to do just what someone said, not pick up the food, you know, not pick up for it, and also to be able to have a, have a calmer existence around some of the challenges of my life. And um, <clears throat> so I just really appreciate that we're talking about this, um, that we can see the with humility the, the issues that our lives um, present us in spite of whether we're recovered or not, um, that we have a way to go through all this stuff. And uh, I really appreciate hearing that. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Michelle. And this is Monica, and I would like to just step in here for a moment. And um, what has already been said, you know, still fi what he wrote here, still physically weak and sober, but a few months. He saw that his predicament was dangerous. You know, what is recovery? The big book tells us way in the beginning of the book, recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And I know that's where I was when I first came into OA. But as a result of working the steps, I now know that it's not hopeless. It's not a seemingly hopeless situation at all. I can see that now. Had, and by the tools, I mean, meaning 10, 11, every day. Uh, Monica, I would like to interrupt you because you're cutting in and out and unable to hear exactly what you're trying to express and share. I think that maybe we lost Monica, and so I'll proceed here. And it looks like we are at the end of the meeting here today. So I'd like to thank everyone that has shared today for what they've contributed to the meeting today, and that we will close the reading now. Uh, the meeting now with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Uh, Suji, would you please read page 164 for us? Gladly, Suji from Pennsylvania, gratefully recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.